This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employers respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. What do you do when life doesn't go according to plan? That moment you lose a job or a loved one or even a piece of yourself. I'm Brooke Shields, and this is Now What? A podcast about pivotal moments as told by people who lived them. Each week I sit down with a guest to talk about the times they were knocked off course and what they did to move forward. Some stories are funny. Others are gut-wrenching. But all are unapologetically human and remind us that every success and every setback is accompanied by a choice. And that choice answers one question. Now what? One of the guys that moved me into my dorm room freshman week, freshman day, he's now working there, and he <laughs> drives by in the car and he goes, Shields, get in the goddamn car. And he, boy, he took me to Chihuahua <laughs> and he got me a Subway sandwich. <laughs> was like... You're eating yeah. this right now. A Wawa Subway sandwich heals all wounds. It is, uh, that there's nothing, and I don't know how recently you've been back. They've now changed the Wawa, or they've remodeled, they've relocated. Yeah, well, they moved the train, didn't they move the station? or They, they moved-, moved the whole dinky station, I think, and the Wawa with it. But there is nothing, I mean, you can't compare Princeton reunions. I, I don't know how that statement sounds, but it is what it is. To anything, I mean, it's like the Kentucky Derby. Do you know it's the it's the second largest amount of alcohol consumed? Oh, Lord. Next to, yep. second only to the Indy 500. <laughs> Are you kidding? No. <laughs> so there, I was close. I was close with that comparison. My guest today is Ellie Kemper an actor, an author, a podcast host, a wife, a mother, and as you'll hear us discuss throughout this episode, a proud Princeton alum. Like many of you, I fell in love with the contagious optimism she portrayed through her roles in shows like The Office and Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt 
And though I personally didn't know Ellie before this interview, I was thrilled to discover that she exudes the best parts of her most iconic characters. She's hilarious. She's gracious, resilient, and downright impressive. So without further ado, here is Ellie Kemper. Ellie Kemper, hello. I am so happy you wanted to do the show. Obviously, I'm a huge oh, fan. my gosh. But I also love that I'm speaking with a fellow Princetonian. I am so happy to be a guest on your show. I am the enormous fan of you, so I'm, I'm not even looking you in the eye right now. I'm looking, like, off to the side of my <laughs> of my laptop. Uh, but the Princeton Vaughn dies hard. Have they, have they ever asked you to speak at commencement? Yes. I and I yeah and uh, and actually I'm um sort of uh embarrassed <laughs> to not know did you you must have spoken several times no it just just once and okay. Andrew Jarecki who's also mm-hmm. yes. a, a past Princetonian um he talked me into doing it because I was just I I was sort of obliterated by fear and it, it, it was just one of those things where I just I wanted to be funny and I wanted to and uh-huh. but I also just wanted to you know it was such an important time for me have you been back lately? So I just celebrated my 20th reunion uh. last year in 2022. <laughs> I know. And and so I live in New York. So I went for the day. Did you alone or did you bring your husband or? My husband stayed at home. I brought my best friend who also went to Princeton. Her name is Joe, And we went together. And I, I can't imagine what it's like for you. Have you been back to reunions? I, I've gone back to the big ones, but I had my 35th. So I'm, I'm, uh, <gasps> well, and you know, it's funny because yes. my mom, my, um, my mom, listen to me. Oh, she's, she wants to be in every conversation, <laughs> even though she's dead. Um, oh, she's no. died. Well, I'm sorry, but yes. <laughs> that's, um, that's that, um, uh, Wendy Williams, when she's talking about her mom, she goes, yeah, and but- she's died. Um, so <laughs> I, I went, so I said to my husband, okay, I'm going to go. And he's like, look, why don't you just go? alone for the first day and then I'll come the next day and bring the kids or whatever. And I was like, mm-hmm. okay, all right. I'm just, I'm not going to stay long. And then at every mm-hmm. tent, I kept saying, okay, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to stay long. I'm not going to stay long. Four yep. o'clock in yep. the morning, I am like, I'm like <gasps> meandering, not in a straight line. Oh, and the, the yes, guy, no, the, never. one of the guys that moved me into my dorm room, freshman week, freshman day, he's now working there. And he <laughs> drives by in the car and he goes, Shields, get in the goddamn car. And I was like, but I'm having so much fun. And he was like, oh, <laughs> God, he goes, some things never change. Get in the goddamn car. And he, boy, he took me to, to Wawa and he got me a Subway sandwich. and was like, you're yep. eating this right now. Yep. A Wawa Subway sandwich heals all wounds. If you say the Wawa way is the way to go, people understand you wholeheartedly. Yep. What did, yep. um, did you always want to go there? I, uh, N-O is the answer. No, it wasn't. I didn't, I mean, I don't know what your thought process was. I mean, you you and I had very different childhood experiences. <laughs> Tell me about yours. But I so so I <laughs> I wasn't um instantly recognizable to every person on the globe, but I I didn't really give too much thought about where I wanted to go to college. I knew I wanted to go to college in the Northeast. And um I when I visited Princeton, I mean, it's iconic. It's gorgeous. It's stunning. It's beautiful. And there was a combination. I played field hockey. I knew that, you know, Princeton had these great theater. You were also in the 
Triangle Club, yes. which is a theater, musical theater group at Princeton, for those of us who don't know what that is. And I and I just I had such a great experience visiting, and then I got in and I and I accepted. But it wasn't a lifelong whatever dream. Yeah. It just felt like I felt very lucky to be able to go there. Now you grew up, you grew up in St. Louis. I grew up in St. Louis and uh, yes, I went to, I lived there all my life. And in fact, I mean, until I graduated high school. And in fact, my experience leaving for college, this is one thing that I don't want to like forget, which is that I was profoundly homesick my first year oh, at Princeton. Oh God, me I, too. Oh, <gasps> it was, my mate sobbed. And I was like, you know, I'm just, I remember going home for Christmas break, but I brought all of my laundry with me but like not to do it at home in St. Louis, but because I was like, well, I'm not, I'm not going back. Like in my head, it was a weird, I wasn't consciously doing it, but I, but I also sort of was because it, I remember thinking for the first time I realized that the Midwest is a different uh, region <laughs> from the rest of the country. Because when I went to, for instance, I said, I remember talking to my mom on the phone and I was like, mom, it is, you know, I say hello to people here, like passing them on campus, and they do not smile back. And I remember feeling like, this is so different. Wow. Like, why aren't people saying hi? <laughs> but did you feel like St. Louis? So I'm born and raised in Manhattan, right? And that has yes. shaped me un undoubtedly. How do you think St. Louis has did shaped you as a child? I feel very lucky that I grew up there. I grew up in a suburb of St. Louis. I had a very lucky childhood. I had, I have a wonderful supportive family. I have three siblings, two parents. I went to an, an excellent school. I have a kind of, I recognize how lucky I was. And I have uh, maybe a childhood that would make other people angry because there weren't any uh, major traumas. And I I feel like living, growing up in St. Louis, I now see having lived in New York and Los Angeles, I do feel grateful for growing up in a relatively quiet place. And, and I do think about now I have two boys, ages seven and almost four. And I do wonder about, you know, where, where I will be raising them because I have a different job than my parents had. It, as you know, it requires you to be in possibly different cities than St. Louis. And I, I, you know, I, I do think that like having experienced the Midwest and St. Louis growing up, it had to have had an impact on my uh, outlook and personality. Like I said, I do think there's just a, um, I mean, this is no great insight, but there is a friendliness and openness, I think, to mm. the Midwest that isn't everywhere. And I appreciate that. It does actually feel genuine. Yeah. It's not like fake you know, or, or a, and an is act. that something yeah. that you're trying to um, really impart to your boys? Like, do you want them to also really know that? Yeah. Yes. Yes. And I think that there's, you know, uh, I had a friend say once, you know, it doesn't matter where you're raising your kids. If you have to, you know, if you have family, parents, blood relatives or not, you know, chosen family, whatever it is, who have a good head on their shoulders, then your kids will be fine. So I do think it's, it doesn't matter where, you know, they, you will be raising them so long as you're setting a, you know, kind of grounded example. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. 
Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy, and we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org. You mentioned your career, which has been incredible. How did you discover that you were a comedian? I did Quipfire. Was Quipfire? I don't know when Quipfire no. was founded. Okay. I think it like nine, like uh, 92, yes. I think it was okay. founded because it didn't exist. Yes. So Quipfire is the improv comedy troupe at Princeton. And I loved it. So I auditioned my sophomore year. I played field hockey my freshman year, but I... I use the term play very loosely. I sat on the bench and observed. <laughs> it was, I was just telling my friends the other day who also went to Princeton, I, I believe it was somewhere between 13 and 18 seconds of oh, wow. playing time <laughs> that I had. My entire career. field hockey career. That's not a not lot. too much. My friends goes, he goes, isn't that more insulting than just not playing at all? I was like, you know, I've never thought of yeah. that way, but yeah, I guess it is. <laughs> I think, yeah. So, so I decided to leave that behind and I, um, Audition for Quipfire. And it was this clicking that I sort of had never really experienced before where I did feel like I am good at this. And I had never, I, uh, I didn't suffer from low self-confidence, but I don't think I had ever felt as confident as I did when I was in that improv group. Triangle was a bit that, but it was really, it was doing comedy with like Bob Hope and and then doing Friends and realizing that my instincts were actually funnier and better that, than what was on the page. <laughs> like it, you know, the combination yep. that I really, that was like a revelation to me. And it was just like, oh, I finally found home. This is where I belong. Well, well, that's what I loved because in high school, I was in my high school plays and musicals and you know, oh, who was I in Anything Goes? Bonnie, I think. She's like the cut up. She's like crazy. But it's so it's comedy in like a very specific way. This stuff that I was doing at Quipfire in Princeton or in Quipfire at Princeton felt for the first time what I call now improv, which was, what you know, what I both studied at Upright Citizens Brigade and, and you know, started in Chicago. And it was 
the first time again where it instantly clicked and like you said there's a shorthand so there it felt like oh these people that I'm with they get right. it too like we all get it and I hadn't been in that environment yeah. before I had been you know kind of a jock but I was in the school plays but then this this I felt you know at home but I I, I say that I don't know why I say that tongue in cheek because I really did feel at home and I'm friends with those, you know, well, they are mostly guys. I'm friends with most of those guys to yeah. this day, which is, says something, you know? Which says it's, yeah, I mean, that those those friendships and com- comedy friendships to me. Uh, John Hamm, it comes to mind. He, um, he yes. was your teacher, <laughs> your drama teacher. Is that, <laughs> That's crazy. Is that insane? Oh, it's so crazy. It's so crazy. He went to my high school in St. Louis and he... Uh, went to college. And then he came back to teach at our, our school it was called um, John Burroughs. He came back to teach at Burroughs for a year. He taught theater. And so I was in ninth grade at the time. So he taught, I took a semester of, I think it was called like theater nine, ninth grade, whatever ninth grade theater was. And he taught the improv portion. We were just at at his wedding. Oh yes, um, he's really good friends with my uh, my. Husband. Okay, yes, yeah. Who's a comedy writer? Yes, yep, yep, yep. So I have always thought of him as like an uncle. Like he's just kind of, you know, there's that he he feels. Um, I, I have no idea if I'm just like projecting this, and it's he doesn't actually feel protective. But the 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 air he gives off is that of a protective uncle. And yeah. I feel like because I contacted him when I went to Los Angeles to do my one person show. And I, you know, emailed him, just cold emailed him from our borough's, like, alumni website. I said, I'm doing this show. He was on Mad Men. I think it was, like, a third season of Mad Men. It's like, any chance you can come <laughs> to see my show? And, you know, he showed up. And he was in the front row. Of course he did. And he's like that. He helps out anyone from St. Louis who, like, reaches out to him. He's like, how can yeah. I help? He is so giving. I adore the man. And then you worked with him. Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't believe this. It's uh, so talk about nerves. Now you'll just think I'm always a nervous wreck, but when he came, so he was, um, the, the reverend on unbreakable (laughs) Kimmy Schmidt where I was Kimmy and he, uh, showed up, I guess it was the end of the first season. And so I'm in a scene with him. Of course I flubbed my first line. Of course I did. And I was like, Oh, because there was a combination, so many things at play. One, I knew him as Don Draper from Mad Men. Two, he was my teacher. So I feel like he's great right. in me. And then three, he's a phenomenal actor. So I was like, oh, oh can I, I hope I don't, I hope I like bring my A game. But all of that was after I got the flubbed line out of the way, it was easy. I was like, okay, this is actually fun. <laughs> you know what though? It's, it's, it's surprising to me all that you've done, but that you really sort of didn't kind of break into the entertainment industry until we were like 29, like you were? Yes. I was actually thinking about that in anticipation of our conversation because we've had so like two totally different experiences. And I I feel like in, in talking about St. Louis and my upbringing there, it does seem I, how you've navigated your way is so different from, from me. But I do feel, I feel grateful that I had this quote unquote normal childhood because then I think, um, it, it has given me perspective as I continue to navigate the entertainment industry and especially getting older, there's been some life experience that has just been non, uh, show business, which is valuable. You know, I, I'm not sure that I said that eloquently, but I'm grateful that I began work a little bit later. <laughs> so what were your twenties really like you, when you're, you're living and you're working in New York, but prior to the yeah. office, what were those years? 
like for you? Those years were, they were, um, I wouldn't call them, they were fine. I, I wasn't like happy. I, I wasn't unhappy, but I wasn't, you know, living it up. I'm much more content now. And I know that sounds trite, but it's true. I, I do feel like as you, as I've gotten older, I feel more secure and uh, confident. And in my 20s, it's more like, okay, well, what is the plan here? I'm doing improv at the People's Improv Theater at the Upright Citizens Brigade. I'm doing that at night. I was very lucky to have gotten a commercial agent and to have booked commercials. I was earning a paycheck, which is hugely satisfying. And and, and not having to rely on my parents, which I did have to and was grateful to be able to do that at first, but then began to make my own money, which is just so satisfying on many levels. And But it also felt like, well, what is the end goal? Is it to be a commercial actor and do improv? Did you have a plan B? No, and still don't. And so that's why <laughs> I often, I don't know how your mind works, but every time I'm like out of work for more than a month, I'm like, well, what, I guess I'm like a Peloton, I could become a Peloton instructor. I really don't, <laughs> I don't have any others. I don't have another um, skill set. So, so, uh, and not that I could become a Peloton instructor. I would get too tired, but there was no plan B. And it was more like, you know, I got to audition for Saturday Night Live, I think in like 2008. So maybe when I was like 28 and I didn't get a part, but that felt like progress. That felt like, okay, I, I have- and, and Parks and Rec too, right? Yes. Actually, sort of right next to each other, like the same year and didn't get either. And how do you deal with, how did you deal with that? It's To me, it's like, you know, I never get used to rejection. I just don't. Oh, I'm, I'm relieved to hear don't. you It's because it feels personal and you know, it's not personal. Yes, it does. You know, it's not. And yet it's so How personal. did you deal with that rejection? What did it spur you to do? It, oh, do you know what? It was actually, this is um, maybe a good, I don't know if it's a good quality. It's something that I just have, which is I get angry when I'm rejected. So it makes me work harder. So it was a thing of like, um, and you know, for Saturday Night Live, they don't outright call you and say you didn't get it. They just don't call you. So after like a few months, I was like, I have a feel the the season has started. And I'm not there. <laughs> and I'm not there. I, th- I I have a Princeton education. So I put, was able to put two and two together. <laughs> and I realized I didn't get the job. Were you afraid when you auditioned? Were you nervous? Oh yeah. I was, I was sick with nerves because yes, it's like, it's Lauren Michaels and it's and you everything you've read material. about. How does that work? Yeah. Right? Yeah. 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 You present, when I did it, there were, I think it was three characters of your own invention and then three celebrity impressions, which. Oh, wow. I, do you, I cannot do impressions. Wow. I'm very, I, I, my face um, sort of looks like Renee Zellweger's. It's not, that's not a compliment to myself. That's not an, it just is, <laughs> it happens to look like her. And so I can scrunch up my face and look like her. It requires no <laughs> skill. It's just like what happens. So I did her and then I did, I cannot, I did a Miley Cyrus something with Miley Cyrus and I don't know the third. <laughs> but it's like, I've honestly felt the relief. I don't remember the nerves. I remember the relief afterwards. Like I did it. It's done. I never have to do that again. Like I remember it like a dream, I think, because it did feel so surreal. And there's no prep time. It was like a week before I met with Seth Meyers and Lauren Michaels. And then it's like, you have a week before the actual audition. So there was no, I felt like that's not time to prepare anyway. And so you just have to, it's exhilarating. That was an exhilarating experience. But I, I should say that it also 
inspired confidence because I felt like, oh, wow, um, I've been invited to audition by Lauren Michaels, who is the king of comedy. And so it felt like, okay, well, I, I made it that far. That's something. Right. And then, you know, and then from there, I think I do feel like, you know, I was able to make contacts through the, the Saturday Night Live audition that introduced me to people in Los Angeles. And that's how I was able to audition for Parks and Rec and also not get it. <laughs> this is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy. And we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org. So I call this show Now What? Um, because it really yeah. is about those unexpected things that pop up into our lives, you know, personal, professional, yeah. yep. spiritual, any any of that. But they force us to really ask ourselves, now what? Now what do I do? So mm -hmm. looking back, do you have, is there any pivotal now what moment for you? There are two pivotal now what moments. And, and the first one is, and I'm going to talk profession-wise, because it's what you and I were talking about earlier about, it happens to have taken place at Princeton, but just about college and in and being 19 years old and feeling like, okay, well, I, I'm going to college to play field hockey. Because like I said, I played field hockey and I, I, I sort of laughed it off, but I did find sitting on the bench to be somewhat demoralizing because I was the star in high school and I, and I prided myself on that. And I thought I'm, it gave me a lot of, um, I, I felt a lot of self worth from that. And so being humiliated at whether on purpose or not at a higher level was ultimately, I have to think good for me because I think humility is always a good thing, but also a walking away from one thing, the now what moment of like, oh, you know, this is not going as I planned. I thought that I would be good on this team. I, I thought that I would be a, a, 
contributing member of this team and, and gain recognition from that. And I was not. And instead of sitting on the bench, which would not have been, you know, I, I don't know that that would have been a bad move, but I do feel like your four years in college are precious. I didn't want to, I had to recognize that I am not going to succeed at the level I want to. So pivoting from that, I now feel was invaluable because if I hadn't quit the team, I would not have auditioned for the improv team. And that is what absolutely changed my outlook on what It's not that I wanted to become a professional field hockey player, but I don't think I would have taken improv and comedy as a serious career track had I not uh, had that experience with Quipfire, where where I was introduced to the, you know, history of Chicago improv and all the legends that have come out of there. Like, I didn't see that as a viable career for me. And then, but, but that pivot did, I think, open my eyes to that, which was huge. I feel very grateful yeah. for. And what was the second one? What was the other one? And the second one was, I think, that moment of um, not getting the Saturday Night Live job and the Parks and Rec job, which you brought up, which is like, I was doing this one-person show. And so it was like, well, you just got to keep working on that and and doing, creating your own content, you know, to to bring something to... It's 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 weird with our jobs because you're rejected in a way that feels out of that is usually out of your control. It doesn't mean you're bad at your job. It means that you weren't chosen for this job. So I feel like the you know being rejected from those two jobs opened the doors to be on the office, and that that led to a lot of of other you know opportunities. So it it's weird. It, the the now what thing is like endlessly interesting because that's all life is. It's like so many. Pieces of this are out of our control. I, I think once you have a child, you live in perpetual mm. now what moments. Do you have any that stick Yo. out as a parent for you? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I, I, I um, oh, you know, I think it's, I mean, this is probably infinitely relatable, but just the pandemic, which was like, um, okay, so my kids were, on the whole, I feel lucky that they were as little as they were because they were, they didn't know what was going on. But it is that feeling of just like, okay, there's, do you remember the <laughs> brainwash we all, uh, went, the necessary like brainwash we all went into, which was like, okay, now we're living in a world where nobody can see anyone. Right. <laughs> so that felt like, but I'm raising two babies. Okay. And so are millions of other people. Now what? We went back to St. Louis. We we lived in, we um, were able to live with family for almost a year and and hunker down in that way. And that And then it was like, but now things are ebbing. Where do we go now? And then I think now what? Going back to New York and trying to you know figure out how to how to resume some sort of normalcy there. Have they seen any of your stuff? Like your do they know who Aaron Hannon in the office is? I think someone told them who Kimmy Schmidt was. Someone told my uh, almost second grader who Kimmy Schmidt was, and so he he was uh, like he wasn't he didn't really have a strong take on it. He was like he knows that I'm an actor and that my husband's a writer, but he doesn't know um, a, too much about it. Except that I also did a voice on Sophia the First, so he knows which is a cartoon. So he knows those things. How old were your daughters when they knew that you what you? Did? I mean, the irony is that I I did um I did the voice of Miss Spider this cartoon and yes and yes. that was like. They thought that that's they thought that that's all I did, and then and tried on clothes. My daughter was my younger one. When they asked her, she was like seven or something. They said, "What does your mom do?" She goes, "Yeah, you know, clothes." 
I was like, what? Because oh. I'm always, I was always in fittings. Oh. Like, so I'd have to have yes. racks clothes and I'd have to be oh. fitted for, for things. And she thought that's what I did for a living. Oh, I love that. But I, yep, I could see that as a kid being like, yeah, that's, that's what she does. She's, she tries on clothes and then they pay yeah. her after. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, so you know, it's just normal. You try on clothes. But um, <laughs> they were like, I'm ne- we're never seeing any of your movies. Unless it's like a flat out comedy. Like they've seen, like they'll see if I do a rom-com, they'll watch yes. that, but they have no interest in seeing any of my earlier stuff because yep. it's like, then it's not their mom. You, you know, they right. don't want, oh, you, yep. you, you're owned by the other, by people. And that means that yes. all of a sudden they're not just your, you're not just their mom and they don't like that. You know, right. even at 20, right. Right. they don't like that. But I'm so glad that they recognize that, that that limitation is there or that boundary is yeah. in place. Because I, I do think I about that. I have Susan on so... a loop, though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, you I watch that I, to your I heart's content. Into their, their rooms at night. That's yeah. smart. That's smart. <laughs> your mom was funny. Look at her. I'm funny. You might. <laughs> That's the worst. When I try to make them laugh. And I fail. And I'm like, you know that I do this for a right. job. And the, I don't say that, but I do think it. And I'm like, oh, well, I hope someone thinks I, they're much, aren't they always funnier? They always, they always they're, they're kids. Of course, they're funnier. Well, I mean, that's, you know, would you ever consider um, like a darker role that wasn't comedic? Would you ever do that? Or is that? I, I think so. I don't, you know, I don't know where I stand on that. I used to think, yes, I want I want to you know, expand my range and explore something like that. But I also wonder, it's sort of the same thing as, you know, admitting, I guess, that you went to Princeton. It's like here where it feels like, should I not be, you know, is that something to be ashamed of? Is that something that sounds too, you know, privileged and, and crazy in this world? And I do, I know this is a strange comparison, but I, I kind of feel like I enjoy doing comedy and I feel like I'm good at it. And I don't, feel a strong um, pull to try to do drama or at this point? So no, the answer is no. Because I, I, yeah. I don't, you know, I, I used to think that I would only be credible if I, you know, went to those dark yes. places and was really yes. a thespian yep. all this. Yeah. And then I got older and I was just like, I don't enjoy I, it. I only enjoy oh. comedy. You are, your words are music to my ears. It doesn't, I, I have done, yeah. you know, small, I've had, I've had experiences doing that. I don't feel like I've plumbed the depths. I don't feel like I have, I, there's no, I don't feel the same sense of satisfaction as, as when I do comedy, which isn't to say like, oh, I want to do the thing I know I can do. I feel challenged in comedy all of the time. Anytime you're in like, what, a scene with John Hamm? Okay, forget, that's a huge challenge. So I, I would, and I would prefer to continue to challenge myself in that way. You also started a, um, you've launched a comedy podcast on yes. iHeart. Yes, I have on iHeart. Yes. And it's called Born to Love. Oh, yeah, correct. It's wonderful. I am co-hosting the show with my Quipfire, my, he's my friend from back at Princeton we were in our improv group together and I've known him for over 20 years. So we host this show called Born to Love. And every week we have a guest on to talk about something that they love and talk about keeping it light. It is a light, buoyant, I hope buoyant, show where the uh, our guest talks about something t- totally unrelated to what they do for a living, um, usually. And it's just supposed to be... 
I think when Scott and I were trying to think of, okay, we want to work on something together. Every, you know, there are a lot of podcasts out there. What's something sort of different we could do? What I like about this is that uh, you hear people talk about something you might be surprised to know, you know, that they love. And people like talking about right. things that they like. It's, it actually works out well. <laughs> <laughs> and what do you, what do you think you were born to love? If I were a guest on my show, I would probably talk about running. And I know huh. that maybe sounds boring, but I do love running. I, it's always been an outlet at like ever since, I mean, field hockey aside, it's just, I need to do it. It's, you have the thing I do. I, 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 I need endorphins. Right, right, right. I'm a junkie for endorphins. And so it doesn't matter if I run for 15 minutes or, you know, two hours. I, ju- I never run for two hours. I don't know why I just said that, but I, I do feel like the release, the meditation it gives, it's just like, I, it's a, both a chemical, you know, release, but it's also just gives you time to yeah. think. And so I, every, I know, I feel like this self-care mantra is to me at first, I, I kept telling myself, oh, this is trendy. This is going to pass. No, it's not. Mm. It's like so valuable. Yeah. Like you have to take care of yourself. You just have to. Everybody does. Yeah, everybody. That was the hilarious Ellie Kemper. If you want to hear more from her, go listen to her new podcast, Born to Love on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. That's it for us today. Talk to you next week. Now What with Brooke Shields is a production of iHeartRadio. Our lead producer and wonderful showrunner is Julia Weaver. Additional research and editing by Darby Masters and Abu Zafar. Our executive producer is Christina Everett. The show is mixed by Bahid Frazier. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell, ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy. And we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah, and some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.